Hey everybody and welcome to another inspiring episode of Founders Gyan. This is episode 32 and thanks for tuning in. This week we are featuring another great entrepreneur. She is Pia Bose, the founder of Girls on the Go Club. This shortly called GOTG and you can find them on www.girlsonthegoclub.com. That is girls on the go club all together as one word.com. This is a only for women travel club that takes people to exotic places like Ladakh, Norway, Antarctica, etc. Pia is a full-time travel writer and researcher and we had a great time in recording this episode. Do check out the show notes over at www.founderskian.com/ep32 which contains details about all that we talk on the show as well as founderskian.com/top where the top listened podcasts are featured. All right. Let's get started now. Pia goes welcome to the show. I'm super excited to be speaking with you today. Pia is the founder of Girls on the Go Club, GOTG as it's shortly known. Is only for women travel club that takes women traveling to new exotic destinations like Ladakh, Nagaland, Egypt, Spain, Antarctica, etc. Pia is a corporate lawyer turned travel enthusiast. She is currently a full-time travel writer and researcher. She has written for prestigious publications like Outlook Traveler, Hindustan Times, and websites like MakeMyTrip.com. Pia, great to meet you, and thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge, wisdom, and time with our listeners. Thank you for agreeing to be on the show. My pleasure. Okay, so let's talk a bit about your journey. So, can you fill in the blanks from the intro about your journey before GOTG? Right. So, I actually uh, started traveling uh, pretty early in life. Uh, at uh, the age of 16, I went for this Rotary Exchange program to South America. So, that was my first uh, solo trip away from family. And I come from a very small town, and I had not even, you know, gone to tuition classes before that on my own so that was a very very uh, eye opening experience intimidating in parts and extremely exciting in others and it really sort of uh, helped me to open up my mind and my thoughts to the beautiful world that lies outside and all the various cultures and perspectives that lie outside the four walls of my house and my little town but of course once i came back to india i went ahead did my you know my uh, traditional schooling finished my boards and i i went on to uh, study law at uh, law school it was a five years integrated course and uh, i then went ahead and joined a, a corporate law firm in mumbai where i stay now and it was one of the highest paying corporate law firms at that time so and there's a you know almost everybody Uh, wants to get into that particular firm because uh, of the kind of pay package that you start off with. So um, I was sort of surrounded by all the material comforts and wealth that I could possibly imagine, but somewhere I was just not happy. Something deep down within me wanted to do more, wanted to explore, wanted to feel and understand more about the world. that is uh, that that I live in and also do something more meaningful than just getting richer so one fine day i just put in my uh, papers and i didn't have a backup plan at that point of time i was just sort of going with the flow of things just uh, was guided by my instincts and the deep voice within me which said that 
it's okay just take the leap of faith because if you can take this leap of faith uh, you'll have like a whole new world waiting out there for you to explore at many different levels so i just took that uh, leap of faith and uh, i went on this uh, totally unplanned and impromptu trip which took me from lucknow to nepal and all the way up to uh, tibet so it was while i was standing in front of the uh, everest like there was a village from where you can actually see the everest and i i i just felt uh, something stir and something change within me and i'm like you know after this standing on the highest plateau of the world facing the highest mountain peak of the world if i go back to the same life that i've left behind and if i don't do something more meaningful with my life then it would be a complete shame so i decided to uh, come back and give some thought as to how i could enrich my life and uh, so all that of course is in the realm of you know utopia and fantasy so the reality started only after i came back to uh, mumbai because i'd pretty much much spent all my you know my uh, savings on this particular trip so i was pretty broke at that point and i wanted to start something on my own but since i was still not very clear as to what i really wanted to do i did uh, a few very uh, different assignments and different uh, you know uh, i i i helped some companies with uh, various aspects of work uh, ranging from working with a gelato company as their uh, you know the legal and marketing advisor to even doing a little stint with a travel company uh, for a while but uh, also i felt that there was more to this like there was something that i wanted to do on my own where i could bring my creativity and my experience together uh, to help others uh, you know in 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 something but as i said i was still not very clear at that point of time so it's one night i was just sort of lying down and thinking about uh, you know my life that so far and the journeys that i had undertaken so far and what lay ahead what next and uh, suddenly i think the sum total of my life sort of fell into place and i just figured that since i had been traveling on my own right since i was 16 uh, all the way up to uh, very recently when i went to uh, tibet um, i just figured that i had not seen too many indian women traveling on their own and i was possibly one the only indian woman woman around who had possibly come in like months in at least in those parts of the world so on the contrary i saw quite a few women from western countries traveling in these places so i'm like you know what is it that's stopping indian women from uh, traveling unlike their western counterparts and it definitely cannot only be monetary reasons and it's it's definitely got to be a mix of say safety issues but largely cultural issues which makes it seem as if traveling is a very very dangerous activity and women should not venture out into that you know world out there which is full of jungles and dangerous people waiting to swallow you up so i'm like why is it that only indian women have this issue why can they also not take that uh, leap of faith again and uh, you know just surrender themselves to the universe and just explore so these thoughts kept coming in my mind and that's when i decided to sort of put my experience together in creating a travel forum uh, you, specifically for women where uh, using my experience and uh, my research i would be able to solve travel requirements for solo women travelers from both uh, india as well as from other countries as well and it was pretty much like an overnight decision because the next morning i got up and i you know i the name had come to me 
it was almost like a calling because it, in the same night i actually even thought of the name and the whole concept was very clear to me and it was pretty much the next morning that i uh, kick started the whole thing and announced my first trip to ladakh and uh, then you know call it beginners luck or whatever but since then it's been like a very enriching and a very exciting journey but that's how girls on the go was born back in september 2008 okay excellent now can you explain in a few sentences uh, what is girls on the go club or gotg right so uh, girls on the go is basically a travel club uh, for women which allows women to live out their most exotic uh, travel dreams so um, we started off initially with doing domestic destinations like ladakh or going to uh, nagaland to stay with the head hunters of nagaland uh, but over the years we've done even i mean uh, equally and even more exciting trips like going to antarctica as part of an expedition cruise uh, we've taken women northern lights uh, chasing in norway we've taken women camping in mongolia with the nomads so we've done some pretty interesting uh, trips so far and the whole objective of uh, girls on the go is not just about showing you places but it is to empower women through travel it is to use travel as a medium for to help women sort of evolve and uh, become more self-reliant and self-independent and open up their minds and their thinking process away from just domestic chores and just you know what goes on in an office space to the the awesomeness of the world that we live in and just to let them uh, be surrounded by everything which you know gives you a sense of awe and a feeling of uh, the raw power of the universe because i think that that really helps in a shift in perspective and one never knows how that can come back and help you in later life so yeah so it's basically empowering women through travel okay brilliant now for our budding founders listening out there uh, obviously you just explained your whole story and how it came the idea came to you to you in one night but uh, maybe many of us are not so lucky so can you give us some tips on how we can come up with a good idea or a winning idea uh i mean this might sound a little crazy but if there is some thought which has come to your mind about something which you think you want to do but the idea seems really bizarre and really really strange and crazy to you and when you speak to other people and you find them also giving you a very similar crazy response i think that is the idea you should pursue so <laughs> that is definitely one tip i'll give to all budding entrepreneurs that never dismiss the power of being crazy because that is that is where uh, you know the best of ideas are really born and uh, of course if you're going the most structured way where you know you want to sort of do a lot of research before you come come back you know come up with the idea which you really want to uh, chase so uh, in in that case uh, i mean don't just think of an idea or don't zero on upon an idea which is uh, all about just getting you richer because if it is money which you're going to be pursuing for sure like after some time when you know because starting a startup is obviously not is not the easiest thing to do and there will be challenges you will want to quit at some point so never let money be the uh, you know the ruling factor when pursuing upon a particular idea so just keep these two 
things in mind and i think um, the rest of it definitely leave it up to your intuition and 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 connect with yourself i mean don't don't uh, connect to what people around you think just just look within just think deeply i think the answers are all there so just tap into your own thought process and you'll get a brilliant idea of your startups okay uh, excellent uh, advice uh, pia i really like it now let's say we have an idea and so what are the steps one needs to follow in order to make the idea into a reality so maybe you could just walk us through your own journey and uh, give us uh, an idea of what needs to be done once let's say you have an idea right so i'll uh, i'll add a little more to your question uh, if you have an idea and you know you are really rich and you have like rich relatives who are willing to support you i think pretty much almost every idea can be immediately executed but what what happens is that a lot of people don't have the kind of funds to kick start an idea and that is where the main uh, problem lies so um my advice to you in case you're starting trying to start a startup and you don't have enough uh, uh you know money to start a capital is firstly don't let that intimidate you because the whole concept of a startup is is about entrepreneurship which means taking a certain amount of risk and coming up with innovative ideas and it is the absence of money that actually pushes you to want to innovate so that is when you come up with uh you know ideas which you can actually uh you know uh where you can actually execute it in a very very interesting manner you could look at say collaborative uh, working models you could look at things like co-branding etc and now with the age of the internet and social media even you don't even need a pr agent to really sort of get the word out so you can pretty much use the power of uh, social media internet etc as well as really innovate and really try to stand apart because if your product or your service that you're offering is interesting enough you can be sure about this that you don't have to go around telling people about what you're doing people will themselves get to know about it and they will themselves want to know more about it so in the strange way that the world works uh, which i don't think uh, we understand too well but this is this is the way it actually happens so you don't have to uh, you just just focus on the product and you focus on that particular uh, service to make it as interesting as possible and i think uh, the rest just leave it up to the forces so yeah okay excellent now i know you've been to a lot of different places uh, during your travels uh, but can you tell us one place that you have traveled traveled to that turned out to be very different from your expectations right so uh, just last september in, in incidentally um i had gone on this uh, uh trail the mahabharata trail which took me from haryana to uttar pradesh now uh this particular belt is uh, typically seen as very unsafe for women to travel especially solo women travelers so obviously you know there was a lot of concerns surrounding my uh my proposed adventure and uh, especially when you hear of haryana all that you hear about are you know crimes related to women so i was definitely concerned as to how it would turn out because i had also built this whole stereotype in my head that it's a very dangerous place to go to but very interestingly i had the exact opposite experience of what i thought i would have but of course i had taken uh, proper precautions i had informed my family as to where i would be staying uh, you know rented car a car from a reliable company etc etc but the overall experience was like really amazing because i uh, i actually felt like i was traveling in time because i was digging up all these old wells and these uh, 
temples which were forgotten by time. I visited the Draupadi ka Kua, which is in the middle of a sugarcane field in Uttar Pradesh. I visited uh, Purukshetra and Jyoti Sar, where apparently Lord Krishna, you know, imparted the Bhagavad Gita to Arjun. So whether or not one chooses to believe in the mythology, the trip was literally like a, you know, a trip back into time. It was like being in a time warp. And I got excellent treatment from uh, people in Haryana. So I just feel that all of us tend to build up certain stereotypes about, you know, different places uh, based on based, of course, on an average of uh, an opinion that is that you get from the media as well as people who may have visited. But I think it's very important to go and visit and bust the myth or the stereotype for your own self. That is, of course, if you really want to go to the place for a particular purpose, but don't let the a particular image about a place ever stop you from going to that place. So that is definitely one advice that I have for all travelers. So just be bold, be self-assured, take proper precautions. I'm not saying go to a country when there is a war going on, but if, if there is stability in the country politically, but you know that there could be safety issues in the place, uh, take your precautions, but please go and visit. Okay, excellent. Now, we all hear about founders sacrificing family time to make their ventures a success. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about your own family and how you manage to balance business and family? Right. In fact, one of the reasons why I chose to start my own business was because I wanted to give more time to my family. So, you know, I sort of work from home or wherever I am at a particular point of time. So I'm pretty, you know, like... Uh, not a very office-centric person at all. So the whole idea is that if I have more control over my time, because what we don't understand is, uh, with all, of course, all due respect uh, to you know companies, but when you're working for a particular company, whether you like it or not, the company buys your time. You know, so the thing is that time as an intangible asset is something which we don't really uh, give much thought to. So I, I felt that, you know, if I start my own business and if I have more control over my time, I can decide when I want to use it and how. And, and I can definitely spend more time with my uh, family members. And I'm glad that I made the decision because today, like, I can center my work and I can figure out, you know, how much uh, of work I'm going to take up, what assignments I'll take up, where do I want to travel, keeping in mind, uh, you know, how much time I want to spend with my family because that is definitely priority because I think we are all defined by our family. Otherwise, honestly, you know, we don't really have an identity. So I think it's very important to keep your family or your well-wishers or the few people you really want to spend time with as number one priority and centering your work around that. So, so yeah, it's definitely uh, helped to have control over my time. Okay, excellent. Is there a daily or morning ritual that you follow? Can you share it with myself and our listeners? Uh, it could be a personal thing like, say, working out or meditation or a professional one like um, uh, maybe having a status meeting first thing, uh, etc. I wish I was so, so super organized as that, but unfortunately, that's not how my morning starts. So depending on whatever time my morning starts, you know, I keep it free flowing depending on work and travel, etc. But uh, there is this, uh, you know, there's this zone between sleep and actually waking up, which I think is the most uh, productive part of my day because that is the time when I think uh, your imagination and your creativity is at its active best. So it is in that sort of, you know, transition zone that I do most of my thinking in terms of sort of reflecting on the work that I may have, that I'm doing currently or the kind of concepts that I want to build or the strategies that I want to come up with. 
Great. Now, uh, let's talk about co-founders. So, you started GOTG on your own. So, how do you validate your ideas uh, without a co-founder? Do you have a mentor, a senior team? Uh, what what mechanics do you have in place to make sure you are on the right path or, or somebody to advise you when things need to be changed, etc.? Right. I take a lot of feedback from clients, you know. I allow them to rip me apart if necessary. Because I think the real feedback is only going to come from your end user. So I, I, I really take their opinion into consideration. And that has really, really helped me in the course of the last uh, few years that I've been in business. And uh, besides that, I, I have been lucky to uh, be mentored in the recent past by some very, uh, you know, uh, prolific individuals, if I might use that term. Uh, currently, I'm undergoing a slightly more structured uh, mentoring process from the Cherry Blair uh, Women's Mentoring uh, Forum, actually. So I got selected for this particular mentoring pro- uh, mentoring project. So that is something that has just started as of now. But initially, when I started off my business, uh, frankly speaking, I did not have a mentor or a guide. And I had absolutely nobody I knew from the travel industry. So that part was actually a trial by fire. And I learned from my own mistakes and, you know, like you, uh, you grow as you make your mistakes pretty much. But it's good to, it's good to have an, have a mentor definitely to guide you if that's possible. But, but I think the biggest teacher is going to be the mistakes that you make, the experiences that you have and just allow your clients to basically, uh, tell you what is going wrong or what issues they may have because, uh, I mean, that criticism is very, very important and one needs to be open to accept the feedback in uh, uh, so because that's the only way to grow and you know move ahead okay excellent uh, now can you tell us something about yourself that is not commonly known I, I love writing so if I wasn't a lawyer and if I wasn't into tourism I, I think I would definitely uh, be into literature because that was what I initially wanted to so I have been travel writing for a while I've written for publications like the National Geographic and, uh, you know, from newspapers as well. So that is something I really like to do. And when I'm traveling, I keep looking for stories. So like, for instance, um, I'm currently going to, I'll, I'm just I'm just about to head out for a trip to uh, Punjab and Haryana once again, which seems to be my favorite location right now. But this time I'm going on a different mission. I'm basically going to try and sort of uh, trace the course of the ancient river Saraswati and all the Harappa and the Mohenjo-daro trails that uh, used to lie along its uh, banks. So the whole idea of this uh, exercise is going to be to understand a little bit more about how climate change can actually change the course of human history. So to that extent, like I'm also sort of researching a little bit on through my travels to understand uh, things which can actually benefit the world that we live in. Because if you look at the river Saraswati and the fact that it dried up, uh, because of that, an entire civilization was forced to migrate and resettle and, you know, leave its colonies. And we don't really know what, uh, to what extent they were sort of affected by that climate change. We even hear that there may have been uh, nuclear activity during that time because, uh, you know, uh, you have radi- uh, you have like skeletal remains which have uh, sort of uh, radiation on them and you can see that they have, there must have been some sort of nuclear attack at that point of time. And then you look at the world that we live in right now. And you see that we've had the 
the atomic bomb blasts in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And even right now, if you look at climate change uh, conversations that are going on globally, like there's just so much of pollution and there is just so much of global warming that is happening, that that it is it is like not uh, very long before like the ice caps melt completely. And then we really would not know what to do. So basically trying to understand through my own travels at a personal level first and then hopefully, you know, writing an article about it or sharing it uh, online or whatever. But sort of sensitizing people a little bit more to the world that we live in and the real issues uh, that need our immediate attention as, uh, you know, as intelligent beings. So that is something which I also do on the site. Okay, excellent. Now, what is the best advice somebody has given you or alternatively best advice you have heard? Yeah, the best advice that I have heard is that he who heads an orchestra must turn his back to the crowd. So if you are, you know, leading a particular mission or if you are the owner of a startup or, you know, you want to do something which you like to do, just turn your back to what people have to say. I mean, listen to everybody, but you have to keep your focus on the road ahead. If you're going to be bogged down by criticisms that people may have or, you know, people trying to pull you down or they don't have enough faith in your vision or your dream, then that's only going to slow down your uh, process and your journey onto the road ahead. So just just focus on the road, go by your intuitions, go by your gut feeling and just do what you want to really do. Okay. Okay. Great, great advice. I, I really like it. If you like the show, do follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The link is www.facebook.com slash foundersgyan and twitter.com slash foundersgyan. Both these provide you daily tips and articles as well as resources to help and inspire your startup. There are multiple tips per day. Some examples of these tips would be articles on the latest startups, growth hacking tips, how do you build team for startups, how to get funding, etc. So don't forget facebook.com slash foundersgyan and twitter.com slash foundersgyan. Now, is there any specific advice you would like to give to women entrepreneurs? Yeah, so um, women entrepreneurs, I think, uh, especially in the Indian context, the only advice that I'm going to you know, have for you is that, I mean, it's it's phenomenal how women, at least in India, have been balancing family life as well as work life uh, for the last, you know, few decades, because the the very phenomena of working women, like women going to offices, etc., is a fairly recent concept in India when you compare it to Western countries. So I think like women have always kept uh, family as the core of their, you know, work, whatever work they have kept. And I'm going to say that continue to do so. You know, I, I mean, when, when I say this, I mean I should not be misinterpreted to say you know you should when you you know you should just be with family and not work and all that, but I see a lot of uh, uh, women, or for that matter, it's uh, even men for that matter, who sort of get so caught up in just the professional uh, aspect of living that they actually forget to live and spend time with family. So I think there is a great pleasure to be derived uh, from being able to uh, keep family as the center of whatever you do. So there's, you don't have to be ashamed ever if, you know, for keeping family first 
and then uh, figuring out your work schedule around it. So that is definitely one thing which I'm going to uh, stress upon. And, uh, and the second thing that I that I think like uh, you know uh, women entrepreneurs in India should sort of uh, focus on is is just just be bold. Like don't think of uh, what can go wrong and how's the money going to come because thanks to the kind of policies the government has also now come up with where you're getting a tax holiday for three years now. So if you're a woman who wants to start a business in India, this is the best time to start it. So don't don't let money definitely be a hindrance in starting something which you really like to do. Okay, excellent. Now, can you tell us about your worst entrepreneurial moment and uh, how did you turn it around and the lessons you learned from that? Right. So um, there is this quote which I recently read, which where there was a symbol of zero, which is nothing. And there was a symbol of infinity, which is the inverted eight, right? So the quote said that everything is nothing with a twist. So I found that very interesting because I think when we say that what is the worst moment, I don't, I think those moments which you think are the worst are possibly your most, you know, empowering moments. So, um, I mean, of course, I've had uh, quite a few challenges, but there was this one point where, you know, I was uh, taking some clients out on a trip and there was this one particular woman who constantly kept attacking me and the work that I was doing at every possible opportunity, you know. So it really discouraged me and it was sort of hampering my own experience of, you know, ha- handling the trip. I tried every way to, you know, explain to her, but it, it was just not happening. So uh, after the trip, finished and I came back and I was really upset. I'm like, you know, am I only going to be seen as a tour operator by clients? Will I not be seen as another human being who's, you know, you may have all these lofty ideas that you are trying to empower women through travel, etc, etc. But do people you are giving the service to, do they really understand what you do? And is it even worth it? Should I just go back to my former profession where I could have earned like a lot of money and I don't have to deal with this kind of behavior and you know it's it's is it is it worth it so i really had to ask myself that question and it took me some weeks before i was you know i finally was fine and i decided that no matter you know what happens i'm definitely not going to stop doing what i'm doing but what happened as a consequence of that particular experience is that it helped me to rethink uh, about the way that i was working so I made a few structural changes in my business. I, I sort of changed a bit of the philosophy with which I was doing the work. And, and, and I, and I, and those steps really, really helped me because I, I was able to function a lot more efficiently than I was earlier. So, so I think using any negative experiences to sort of do a rethinking or a reanalyzing of your current work uh, can only help you to evolve in your own business. Okay, excellent. Uh, We just have a few more questions. We are almost at the end of the interview. Now, what is the future that you envision for your company? So uh, there's one thing that I really want to do. Um, A couple of things, actually. One is that I want to make my trips accessible for people with physical disabilities. So I want to figure out a way of how to achieve that. And the other thing is that I also want to make my trips accessible uh, to women from rural, from, to, from, from rural India. Because I think there is a huge, uh, power and there's a huge, like, uh, you know, 
uh, amount of potential that the women in these uh, uh, rural rural areas have. So I have some uh, plans to sort of work with the ministry uh, and see how girls on the go can actually be a conduit for uh, interesting travel-related experiences at a social, which can actually help help empower them socially. Okay. So yeah, uh, good luck with uh, with those two uh, those two initiatives. Uh, I wish you luck. Thanks so much. Now, can you recommend any books or resources for our budding entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think definitely read Arthashastra. So that is, I think, a very, very uh, good book which every entrepreneur should definitely uh, read because it combines ancient wisdom with modern strategy, which can be, I think, applicable to any startups around the world. So yeah, that's one book I would recommend. Okay, excellent. Now you started Girls on the Go way back in September 2008, right? So it's almost seven and a half years now. Right. Uh, so, uh, if you had to do this all over again, let's say you had to start Girls on the uh, Go Club, maybe today, what would you do different? I don't think I would do anything different. Certainly not, because I have. In, I mean, there have been ups as well as downs. Uh, but when I think of the whole experience and you know where I started off with and you know the place that I'm now. I think it's been a very, very fulfilling experience. So I would make the same mistakes. I would have the same trials of fire because without doing that, I don't think, uh, you know, I would be where I am today. So I don't, I don't wish for anything to be different, actually. Okay, excellent answer. Now, uh, I just have one final question. But before that, how, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Are you active on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter? What's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, apart from obviously your uh, official uh, Girls on the Go, uh, Go Club uh, page. Right. So we have a Facebook uh, page of Girls on the Go. That's one way of getting in touch with us. And of course, a website. It's girlsonthegoclub.com. And uh, we're also on Instagram. Uh, that's Pia underscore. That's where I put up pictures of my uh, travels. And uh, I'm also on Twitter at the rate GOTG Club. Okay, excellent. So uh, people can reach directly to you through, through these means, right? Yes. Okay, excellent. Uh, so I just have one final question, but uh, before we move on to that, I just want to take the time to acknowledge and thank you for sharing your knowledge to myself and our listeners. Uh, and I'm also very grateful for the value you're adding into the world uh, and specifically to travel in India by means of your startup. Uh, so uh, really, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great that you're doing something like this. So with that, we'll move on to the final question. So if there is one gyan that you could give our would-be founders, what would that be? Um, I think the one gyan that that would really help is just sit down in a calm and quiet place and make a list of all your soft skills. Figure out what are your soft skills, like whether are you a creative person, do you have a leadership uh, skill, are you innovative, uh, you know, just, just list down all your soft skills. And then figure out that using all these soft skills and assuming for a second that you don't have too much of money at the moment to invest in your business. And there is no, you know, venture capital uh, investor who's willing to, you know, fund your business at the moment. So assuming all that is absent, just figure out that how can you use all your soft skills and bring it together and culminate all of that to monetize your business with the help of social media, internet, 
word of mouth figure out you know who are the people in your say on your facebook list who you can reach out to who may be able to guide you or mentor you or connect you with people who can actually help you uh in your business so just use your available uh resource uh, skills as well as the skill sets of people you are connected with at a social level and use that to uh for your business okay excellent advice uh, uh pr thank you so much for your time and it was a real pleasure chatting with you and wish you continued success in your venture thank you so much there you have it folks another inspiring story of a startup and its founder i do hope you enjoyed it as much as we did in bringing this to you i'll see you all next week with yet another startup and its founder do check out foundersgyan.com/ep32 for the show notes and feel free to share this link with your friends the more people that get inspired the better it is for the startup ecosystem i'll see you all next week but till then you know what time it is it's time to work on your own venture today goodbye for now and wish you luck in your startup adventure